How many, how many geniuses are in prison? Wow. How much creativity is dead because we didn't take the effort when they were in elementary, middle, high school to bring out the best in them? How much have we lost? What things haven't been invented? What things don't we know about because it's gone yeah. and not to be retrieved? We got a great guest today. We got one of the better, uh, dynamic, most dynamic leaders in the nonprofit space when it comes to leadership programs for youth. And her name is Danny Bethune. She is the executive director of C5 Texas Youth Foundation. They identify and screen and develop young teenage uh, kids who uh, start this program in like eighth or ninth grade. It's a five-year leadership program. So it is very intentional. It's very structured and very strategic on how they train, how they equip, how they educate uh, and empower these kids. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Welcome Danny Bethune to Last In Line Podcast. Danny Bethune, thank you and welcome to Last in Line podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here today. Man, I'm glad to touch base, glad to connect. Like I said, I I can you know, I reached out because I heard you on Darren Woodson and the One Shot Podcast guys uh podcast a few, I don't know, maybe it's months now yeah. at this point, but um I I started looking into your organization and I was like, man, I'm really, this is going to fit perfect for our series that we're doing called New Lens for Next Gen. And this is our next generation we're focusing on for the month of, month of March. We're focusing on teenagers, kind of what they go through, the baggage, the issues, the challenges, and then kind of how we can help as adults, as leaders, you know, help them navigate and, and get there down the path um, in the right direction. And you're perfect for this. So, man, um, maybe so the audience can feel like we're, we're in the living room, sitting on the couch, having some coffee and, and, and know you let's get to know Danny. Talk to you, talk to us about your kind of, kind of career path and what you do now. Yeah. So I am originally from Fort Worth, Texas, went to UNT, go Ming green. Yeah. Um, and kind of fell into nonprofit work. I came from a family of, of, teachers and nonprofit leaders. My mother worked for a nonprofit organization. She taught, my grandparents taught. So I've always been in the, in the, like the work of just giving back to others uh, my entire life. And so kind of fell into nonprofit work, have been doing it for the past years. And so it's been a, a true blessing. I've worked for several great organizations. So I've been able to kind of see the world from a social service lens um, for quite a bit of time and have worked for homeless organizations, children's organizations, hospitals, um, uh, social services that are provided all across the DFW Metroplex. So it's been a pleasure. Dang. I feel like that's my ministry. My ministry Dang. is giving back in that I way. I mean, and, and as we unfold this conversation, people are going to for sure see that and hear that because I did in the first time I heard you speak and I could just tell that was your heart. I mean, you live, breathe, eat, service, and that's what this podcast is, Servant Leadership. So that's what we're all about. Without that, 
uh, we don't have a podcast. So you're, you're fitting right in here into the mold that we've created. Uh, so, you know, I want to talk about, and I do this with every episode about the teenagers, uh, this month, I want to just kind of get your take and what you think. These are a couple years old, these stats, but it, it, it does kind of paint a picture and build a framework for where I want to go and why we're doing this and, and maybe see where it lines up with what you're seeing in the work you do. So, It'll, it says, so like in the next 24 hours, okay, X okay. amount of kids will do this. So it's 1,400, actually probably now 1,500, uh, teens will attempt suicide. In the next 24 hours, 15,000 will use drugs for the first time. Um, 2,800 teen girls will get pregnant. Uh, one out of four kids in that space of teenage time uh, grow up with a single mother. One out of four. It might be higher than that. I don't. It depends on where you are, obviously, but uh, might be higher than that. High school students with symptoms of depression have a two times of a dropout rate. Um, that seems kind of intuitive, right? It's kind of self-explanatory, I would think. Um, teen suicide is the second leading cause of death in ages ten to thirty-four. That's a mouthful, right? That's a lot, and that's that. Those are probably conservative numbers if you fast forward to to present day, which I couldn't find anything that was real current. But a couple of years ago, I mean, that's still alarming. What do you think? Yeah, I was just getting ready to agree with everything you said, and was I was asking, was going to ask you, was this pre or post COVID? Yeah, things have gotten worse for teenagers. Um, the pressure for them to help and and support their families, especially during the pandemic was even more anxiety, depression, mental health issues. It was such an important um, factor that our, our leaders in our program, they actually did a case study on uh, COVID-19 and teen mental health. So they understood the impact that it was having on them during the past two years that we are almost three that we've been in this pandemic. So yes, um, suicide rates, I definitely understand that and can believe that for sure. These youth are dealing with a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Not only are they having to try to manage, navigate school through a virtual environment, many of them had to start working to help support their family members when they lost their jobs or yeah. the income was less than what they were used to, um, ensuring that they didn't lose their homes, reaching out for resources, um, many of our youth have um, parents that don't speak English. So being a support to their parents as well, they took on a lot of adult responsibilities that for youth and children, we believe that they should be able to go outside and run around and play and be teenagers. And these children oftentimes are func functioning adults, though yeah. they are not adults. <laughs> yeah. And it's scary too, because if you parlay that with the information that they get on their devices yes. and just some of the other distractions, I guess is the best word, man. I, I just don't know how they're juggling it. And uh, let me ask you this too. I didn't plan on asking this, but maybe it just kind of came to me when you were talking, but we as adults look at this next generation and we're very quick to pass judgment right on, Oh, we're in trouble. Or you see the eye roll when you, Oh, well, you've got teenagers. Oh, well, bless your heart. You know, we, we get that standard cookie cutter response when we think of a teenage group aggregately, aggregately, why can't we maybe take those blinders off and sort of empathize and maybe get in their skin for a minute? What do you think the, the barriers as adults to that are? Yeah, I think from a cultural standpoint, we're used to doing that, right? We're used to saying that the older person has all the wisdom and they know everything. But I think one thing that but I think one thing that we can take from this generation, they're resilient. Mm. Look at what they've gone through. They're resilient. 
they're resourceful. They have things that they're at their disposal, but that we never had. And they know how to use it in ways that we don't. We, if anything, we should be taking a look at how they're doing what they're doing. I mean, you got to think about it. Millennials these days, they're going into jobs and saying, no, I'm not going to work over 40 hours. They're setting boundaries <laughs> and, ba- and boundaries that I think even us as adults have not even come to terms of how do we do that. So I think one thing that we can take from them is that they have a strength in them and they have a sense of self-awareness that Mm -hmm. we oftentimes didn't have. And we need to be able to take some of those from them and not look down on them, but see, because they are our future, we need to be making an investment instead of rolling our eyes and saying, oh, these kids, we're in bad trouble. We're actually not in bad shape. These kids, kids are highly aware of what's going on in their community, going on in the world. And they have empathy for it in a way that I don't think we probably did when we were their age. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I think it is going to take some sort of shift um, from our generation. You know, I'll speak for me. Um, and and then even the ones kind of behind us. I mean, I'm I'm no spring chicken. And so the ones that are having those teenagers just now coming in and they're in their late 30s, early 40s, something like that. I think they can take a lesson from what you just said too. So we're going to break this down a little bit. We kind of already talked about some of it, but symptoms, diagnosis, and treatment. Like I think we're all quick to say say it's raining, but not bring the umbrella to help out with that problem, right? Like we're all good exactly. weather men, weather people. And so we're all good to pick out what's wrong in the world. Like we won't have a problem sitting down at the barbershop and hearing about all that's wrong. Right. But I don't know how many times we hear good options for solutions and, and really giving ourselves putting ourselves into that mix and really taking an active role, which I think I know that that's really what you've spent a lot of your life's work doing. Um, but you know, if we're talking about diagnosing what's going on, like we talked about some of the, I guess, would be symptoms, but you know, some of the depression, the anxiety, the just overwhelmed hopelessness and and just feeling like they're running in place and not getting any traction, the the pregnancies that are out there, the dropout rates. So those are all I think symptoms. What what would you say could be at the root of some of that that maybe is preventable? Yeah, education is one. I think mm-hmm. that's probably one of the main things is us doing a better job of educating our youth and having truthful conversations with them um, to talk about things in relation to their bodies, something we often try sure. to ignore when we talk to youth. Um, also understanding mental health. I think there's a lot of time that we not really taken stock into mental health and the importance of, of taking care of ourselves, of just running around. And I think the generation that we come from or I came from, it was a lot of this never taking care of yourself, always taking care of others and trying to teach these young people how to take care of themselves and do the mm-hmm. work so that they don't so they don't have to be depressed. So they don't have to have this social anxiety that they don't have to feel like they're not a part of the crowd. And I think social media impacts that as well. There's this thing on social media that everybody wants to be popular or everybody needs to know what everyone is doing. And if you're not doing what someone else is doing, then you're not doing anything. And it's like the mere fact that you're on this earth, you're doing a lot. And you have a lot to contribute to the world. And we need to start helping youth to understand that they all have they all have something to contribute and they all have a purpose. We just need to help them find that. Yep. Yep. And I'm glad you said what you said when you, you address the conversation portion and not only just about bodies and maybe some uncomfortable conversations, but 
a lot of times it's a single parent home, right? Yeah. So a lot of times that parent may not even be around because they have two jobs or if it's a dual parent home, maybe one's there, but absent, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe we're not engaged. Like talk to the parents right now, because you mentioned something that maybe needs to happen more of, Hey, I'm going to go upstairs, you know, just because the house isn't on fire doesn't mean everything's okay. Like exactly. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to knock on the door and I'm going to be like, Hey, all right. It's not a yes or no question. Not how was your day? It's tell me about your day, best and worst part of it or something like that. So talk to yeah. the parents right now. Yeah. So I'm a parent. I have a senior in high school and an eighth grader. So the youth in C5 are the youth that I see every day because they're my kids. And exactly right. Like we need to have true conversations with our kids and spend that time, whether it's in the car or it's at the house. We live in a split level home. So I get the going upstairs. Sometimes you don't want to, but you need to make sure you're going up there, just checking on them. It's and too quiet. Yeah, it's, it's too, too quiet. It's too quiet. And I think that's I think that's the other part too, right? We think that these kids mm -hmm. now are quiet. They're quiet because they don't play with toys in the way we play with toys. They're on their computers with headphones. You're not going to hear a thing that's going on. You don't know what they're looking at, what they're reading. And so even when kids are making jokes, ask them what the joke is about. Because these kids have a my daughter said something to my son. Different language. I don't know. <laughs> know what she said i was like it's mm, what did that mean in some ways it meant goodbye but i don't know what it actually meant so i would say we've got to spend more time communicating with our kids no matter what the conversation is and though our parents didn't do it with us we have right. to make the investment to do it with these young people now man it's so true and and i'm with you on the whole language thing i mean of course i'm the non-relevant dad who gets nothing and makes no sense. Right. And all my dad jokes, of course, but yeah, yeah. so I, I hit you on that. Some of that stuff just kind of flies right over, but um, yeah. So let's talk about C5. So you work for C5 Youth Foundation of Texas, right? And yeah. I'm thinking early 2000s, mid 2000s became independent from the original kind of parent structure uh, that it was, correct? Founded yes. by maybe the Coca-Cola, the CEO of Coca-Cola. Yes. So give our audience a little bit of um, kind of dive us in more and get us in to the weed sum on what C5 is. Texas, yeah. of course. Yeah. So C thank you. C5 Texas, of course. That's right. And so um, C5 Texas is a five five-year youth leadership development program. It started, like you said, out of Coca-Cola. The CEO, John Alms at the time, had a ranch out in Wyoming. He was taking inner city youth out of LA to his ranch and doing fun stuff, right? They're kayaking, mm -hmm. they're canoeing, they're horseback riding, they're hiking. Like he's doing all this work with them, but he's teaching them leadership as a part, team building, communication, negotiation, conflict resolution, all these soft skills that oftentimes adults don't even have. He was teaching these young people that and then saying to them, now take what you've learned out here back to your community. Take wow. this back to your school. Take this back to your family and implement what you're learning so that you can have an impact across the world. Right. So now we have C5 Texas and we're focused on leadership development, college and career, um, community action, social awareness, personal development in an effort to help young people get to college, pursue a life that they want and try to break some of these, these, this poverty that we're seeing across our country to give young people and their families better lives. Yeah. Yeah. And man, that, that was in a nutshell, that was 
like perfect. That might've been the first three pages of the website. If you ask me, like that was <laughs> verbatim. No, but I do want to, so the mission it talks about, I'm going to read it right here is to yeah. change the odds for high potential youth. So clearly there are some diamonds in the rough for lack of a better term of high potential youth in some environments that maybe have the odds stacked against them. Exactly. So give us an idea of what kind of the ideal, you mentioned a leadership program and this isn't a like sleepover two day program. This is a, you know, it's not like a lock-in for the weekend. This is a five-year program, correct? Yes. And, and, and there's a pretty diligent process in, in identifying and screening and choosing. Am I right? It is. It is. So we're looking. So we're looking for the diamond in the rough. We're not looking for the kid that is like all out, the most popular, the most seen, or even the kid that just is never at school. We're looking for that kid that goes unnoticed. That student that is like a BC average student, probably sitting in the back of the room. Nobody's really talking to them as much, or they do talk, but they're highly introverted. But a teacher sees something in them that they know. They just need a push. They just need some umph. They have everything they need to be successful, but they don't have the support to do so. So those are the kids we look for. They're nominated to us by a teacher, a counselor, a principal, a coach, someone who knows this child needs support. And then from there, yeah, it becomes a little bit, you know, there's work to be done. They have to submit an application. Mm -hmm. They submit a report card, a letter of recommendation. But we're also trying to put them in the mind frame of what it's like to go to college. What steps does it take you to go to college? They are interviewed. So we're trying to help them how to have those interpersonal skills that they oftentimes lack and being able to talk about themselves. I think that's right. one important thing. We talk about ourselves in a way that um, it's always work related, right? Every time we talk about it, it's the work that we've done, the school that we've graduated from, mm -hmm. but really who are you as a person? And that's what we want to learn about you. And then once we do that, we select a, a group of kids that will start their C5 journey with us and will remain in the program for five years. So, yeah, I mean, that to me, that sounds like a huge undertaking because you obviously want to include as many people as you can, like you don't, nobody wants to be left behind. And I'm sure there's some people that are right on that line that just don't make the cut. And they're, you know, they're, they might be a diamond in the rough too. That's gotta be a hard selection process. But I, I mean, I know. I'm happy I don't do it alone. That's oh my god! I don't do it. <laughs> hey, hey, for, for the guy that probably was in that B average range and you know thanks thanks on behalf of all of us that you don't pick the most popular best looking you know most athletic person like i think that's pretty cool because there are a group in that i don't even think middle of the pack is the word but i you know in that kind of group that's just kind of going with the current but they're keeping their head up they're keeping you know staying out of trouble keeping their nose clean um but, but at any like, moment but at any moment that kid could go the opposite direction of course all it all it takes is one 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 slide to the left or one slide to the right, depending on who they're hanging out with, what they're doing, that yep. high potential can be lost. How many, how many geniuses are in prison? Wow. How much creativity is dead because we didn't take the effort when they were in elementary, middle, high school to bring out the best in them? How much have we lost? What things haven't been invented? What things don't we know about because it's gone? Yeah. And not to be retrieved. Hey, do yourself a favor when you get done listening to this episode and go check out my sponsors on their websites 
Those links will be in the show notes. But I want to thank the following for supporting Last in Line podcast. I want to thank Armored Nation Coffee. I want to thank the folks at Do Work That Matters. Uh, I want to thank Kevin Fulton over at Lead Like Lions. Thank you to Gridiron Coffee. And thank you to Cowboy Revolution Apparel. Those are just a few and we're adding to the list, but these are ones who have started with us at Ground Zero and are sticking with us uh, till the end, hopefully. So go check out their website, get some of their products. Now back to the show. And so I heard you say that the teachers are probably an integral part of communication with you because they identify. Is that kind of the ground grassroots of where this all like the candidates come from as the it teacher is, says, yeah. Hey, I, I got my eye on this one. Like I can see their heart and it yes. may not manifest on paper. So I think there's something there. Yes, exactly. It is working with teachers and counselors and principals who know the students, even working with other nonprofit organizations and churches of students, mm-hmm. of kids that you're seeing. And you're like that youth pastor is sitting there like this kid is amazing, but no one's noticing wow. what he's capable of what she's capable of doing and there are millions of kids out here in our community that are that so yes it does make it hard to select which is why there's a selection committee and not Annie by herself (laughs) making a decision can't there be like a C five and a half for that? Group? I know, right? No. <laughs> a, C five, a C five and a quarter, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yes. but we got you. Yeah, yeah. So I won't take it personal, and I'll speak for the rest of the Houston area community when I say there's not a chapter or a section of C five in Houston. It's just Texas, and, and up we and want down. it. And we want it there. So there is in our strategic plan, there is a plan to ultimately have a C5 Texas in the Houston area. So okay. yeah, I will send you a resume C5. at the end of this call. Yes, All right. please do. Well, you know, you had a pandemic <laughs> that kind of halted, you know, planning and moving and doing things it did. that you want to do and growth. So we yeah, have to be careful yeah. that. So, so we were talking about, you know, symptoms diagnosis and then the final kind of where the gavel hits the hardest is on treatment, right? And so we talked about like, you're part of this remedy. You're part of the solution. You're not just part of the barbershop quartet that's complaining all the time. Right. So we're, 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 you're part of this solution. And and I've looked at five that you have listed five primary outcomes on your website. And so yeah. someone listening to this is like, Oh man, this sounds awesome. Like they got, so they identify this group and they're like, this is the group that's going to change the world potentially. And they're going to come out with life skills and leadership skills and a network already of those same people that are with them. So if I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, so how do they know if they actually like accomplished what they wanted to with these folks? And so here's what I, I'm going to read these, these outcomes mm-hmm. that y'all are, what good looks like. So graduate from high school, of course, pursue college or meaningful employment, a positive contribution to the community, which we're going to talk about how they quantify how you what you know how you actually know that respect human diversity and capable of living in a working in a in a diverse environment community, develop and maintain positive relationships with adults and other youth, acquire leadership skills in the areas of self awareness, confidence, communication, group effectiveness, organization, decision making, and problem solving. So I went through those quick, but. There's a matrix somewhere. I know there's a list and I know is that through this whole five, like you don't notice this in a week, like this is over a five year span, right? So talk to me about somebody that's like at the end of that journey 
and they're in their senior year and they've been with you for four and a half years or so, what do you, how would I be able to pick them out of the group that they were with you uh, for five years? Yeah. So one thing that you know is that leader is able to walk into a room and immediately start connecting with folks in the room mm. because they've had the opportunity to be around strangers and have to make a connection. That's huge. They, they huge. understand how to build a community. So they know how to come into a room and let's say there's a lot of talking going on or there's a decision that needs to be made. They know how to go in the room and help take charge, but do it in a respectful way and still respect everybody's opinion on what's taking place and come to a, a valuable conclusion of how to move forward. They know how to put they know how to put work into action because they've been a part of planning activities the entire five years they've been mm -hmm. here. They've been responsible for man managing a budget. So when they see you, they're able to say, hey, we're going to do this, but this is kind of the way it's going to be outlined. Um, they're able to also say, I've graduated from college, but I've been accepted into 10 different uh, colleges. I've applied to 15. I have scholarships to go to these various schools, and this is what I'm majoring in, and this is what I want to do. This is how you know a C5 leader, because they've received everything they need to connect career to college. They've been able to know that I can do public speaking. I am very self-aware of what I need to change. When I talk to these kids on a monthly basis, when if they are not passing a class, they then understand, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know the reason why I'm not passing. I also am gonna to talk to my peers about a solution. And if they go to school with me, who's the other teacher I can talk to? And are you willing to work with me to help me? They don't mind asking for help. And I think a lot of times that is the basis of why people struggle so much sure. because they don't know how best to ask for help. And they're not self-aware enough about themselves yeah. to understand the help that's needed. So this is how you know a C5 leader. <laughs> man, <laughs> yeah. And and man, you got my you got the wheels turning. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking if if I get accepted in the ninth grade or eighth grade, yeah, whatever. Eighth grade. So whatever that five, yeah. I'm a part of a community and a network instantly. So I don't know how many, how many would you say are in that would be in, would be in my class, so to speak, if I got accepted in it. Yeah. So you would have about almost 70, 70 students in the class with you 70 from, students. Yeah. All across the DFW Metroplex. So you've got kids that go to schools that you don't go to, don't even yeah, know yeah. about. So I've got, if I'm thinking about masterminds that are out there, that's a big hot topic, you know, that those, those masterminds, people are connecting online and it's a yeah. network. They've got instantaneous equity when it comes to networking and personal relationship, like they're mm -hmm. developing. And then they've gone through this, I don't know, five-year boot camp almost at the end, they are like a fraternity of brothers and sisters who, who knows where that can take them. But I mean, I, when you said they can walk in a room, and start talking to people and hold their carry themselves initiate like that is 50 at least 50 percent of the battle in the workforce like yeah. if you can nail that you're golden and, yeah. and so they've got other skills too so you, you guys go you take them on trips i know and you guys do like you get outside get in the wilderness you guys get them on certain programs and and different things just kind of regimens to create routine and habit good habits um yeah. So, and I assume that study habits come along to your point about the person that might be struggling. I assume that's just an automatic byproduct, even if that's not something you guys are checking off the list. We taught them how to study, but if yeah. they're going to college, you know what I mean? So I guarantee you that's a byproduct of, of yeah. it. Um, let me ask you this too, along the, this time the, of this five years, like 
you're watching and you've been with them long enough to kind of see what works, what doesn't. Uh, is there anything you would tweak about maybe the current program that you're trying to maybe fold in as, as new procedure, or have you noticed some themes along the way? Tell us where you guys may have, cause we're, we're, we're talking all good about you. Right. But I want to pick one thing that maybe you think, yeah. Hey, I think we had to tweak this and this is why we noticed this. Yeah, definitely. So I would say one thing that we tweaked was the mental health uh, portion. That mm-hmm. wasn't, that wasn't a part that it was a part of the program, but wasn't intentional. And so during the pandemic, we really took another focus on how do we help our leaders from a mental health perspective? And that's something that now every month when we talk to them, we're focused on self-care, mental health, meditation, mm-hmm. some yoga, some things that we can do to help them to decompress and take time just for themselves. That was a reality. I think the other one is making sure that we have the right careers, the right people coming in and talk to our leaders based on what they want, not what we think they should have. I think that's the other part, like surveying them and saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then identifying those folks in those careers that do that and expanding their career base. We automatically think the two highest paying careers to us are doctors and lawyers, not knowing that there is a sure. plethora of careers out yeah. here that provide a livable wage that you may not become wealthy, but you can definitely take care of your family. Yes, yes, there are. And then and then they're already disqualified once they have these expectations to your point about lawyers and doctors. Like mm-hmm. a group of them, self-included, like if I thought that was the only way I was going to be able to sustain a lifestyle, I would be frustrated and hopeless. Yeah. You know, so so it's awesome that you're opening up this whole world to them that really caters to what they're good at, like what they're passionate about, what their gifts are, line those up and then push them right and get out of the way and let them fly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and we I do guess, it early, John. Yeah. Go I, ahead. That's the other part. We do it early. Right. And it, it can change for a leader throughout the time frame, but we're still constantly putting that connection back to college and career and your interests and your skills. Like we're constantly doing this career survey with them to really get it. It's going to change and that's fine, but we always want to make sure there's a plan. And so we do a lot of goal setting with the leaders as well, yeah. so that no matter what the plan, if the plan changes, you have a way to go. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's too good. Yeah. That's too good. Uh, so, so how do you, you know, as, as, as they finish the program, you've got all these exceptional people now that are going into the workforce. A, I have two questions. A, do you keep up with them? Is there like an alumni, like a class reunion, you know, they're, they're still connecting and, but do they ever kind of get back together and be like, Hey, how's it going? Or, and part two to that is, how many of those kids end up volunteering and, and pouring back into the system, your system? So, so yes and yes. So yes, we do have a way that we connect with them through our, our alumni. Um, also, they still keep up with the group needs and the text messages and the way that they communicated with each other while they were in the program. That's still going on. So that it's, it's, it's very much like a small fraternity. So they're keeping in contact with one another quite often, as well as us keeping in contact with them too. The other part is they do come back and volunteer. So when we have activities over the school year, they're there helping volunteer for the summer. A lot of them come back and work with us the summer staff and it's a great thing for them to do because they know the program they know the program they know what we're trying to achieve and mm-hmm. so they're able to help make that connection for us too so yes we love our alumni we love for them yeah. to come back 
and, and support the work we do. No, yeah. yeah. And I, I almost knew the answer to those questions already. Cause it just sounds like it stands to reason that that would, that would happen. And technology, of I course, think. yeah, they can be connected anytime. Um, so, so do you guys do placement as well? Like, so when they're right, they graduate college, granted, they've got, you know, college and career, they've got all these other resources at college, hopefully that are getting them out there. But are you guys involved with people throughout business world within the community of Fort Worth and Dallas area? Like, are you connected with those employers to where this person graduates and then you're like, Hey, maybe interview them type. I think that's something that we're working on, especially over this pandemic. There's been so many people who've left their jobs, not there. So really trying to build up a way that that we are a pipeline. I would say not only are we a pipeline from helping kids go from middle to high school, high school to college, but ultimately college to career, whether that's through an internship, job shadowing. We are definitely Mm -hmm. looking to build that portion of our programming for our leaders as well and our alumni. Yeah. That, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I, I'd love to see where that goes because that kind of completes the cycle, doesn't it? Like it kind of full circle, like that kind of ties it all together. Um, and so that would be really cool to, to have that grow legs. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, so the treatment, of course, we talk about diagnosis, symptoms and treatment, and that sounds like really big part of the treatment for kids that, you know, are in, maybe in that, limbo stage of being one of those statistics right maybe like you said they could go one of two directions and if they're middle of the pack and flying under the radar i don't know what the odds are but there are odds that stack against them in the wrong direction so i I think this is amazing uh treatment option for sure and um you know talk to us i guess as we kind of close up here i want to i just want to get your opinion on Are, are our teenagers, if we go back to this whole theme, like what do you see on the horizon for teenagers? So a, apart from the ones you bring into the program, like we said, there's a group that might be on that bubble and just don't quite. So what are your thoughts on, on that group? And, and, and kind of talk to an audience right now whose kid may not come to, come to your program, but they're right in that bubble stage and talk to a parent right now of what they can do to sort of, make this thing go the right direction. Yeah, so I would say don't be solely reliant on the school districts. They are overwhelmed. They are overwhelmed. So I would say anything, get your child involved in a program like C5 or some other out of school program that can help support your child. I think for parents that may not have gone to college themselves, you need the additional support. There are people and organizations out here that are great resources to Mm -hmm. your children and to your family. Use them to your advantage um, because they're there there to help you. They want to see your kids um, do well. If you're not talking to your, your child, start, please. Start talking to your child. And if there is something they're talking about that you don't understand, Google is officially everyone's best friend now. There is nothing that you cannot find out or process through Google. So spend that time communicating with them, talking to them. And even if it's only five minutes that you have, do it. If you're brushing your teeth, let them come in and talk to you about their entire day and then say, hey, baby, I love you. And that's the other part I would say, tell your children you love them. You love them and you support them. I think so many kids nowadays don't have that level of attention and support. So they seek it in so many other places, which is why we have teenage pregnancy, which is why we have children on drugs, which is why we have children committing suicide. They don't feel like they're being seen. See your babies and allow others 
to see your babies and pour into them as well. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you said talk to them while they're brushing their teeth because they can't really talk back at that point. Of so course. they're a captive audience. No, it's a great point. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I, I, this hit me last minute. This kind of question hit me real quick. Um, not that you can use this as part of your criteria for selection at all because of well, let me hear it, John. <laughs> kind of the world we live in, but what are you guys incorporating aside from just living it on a daily basis? This is a faith-based podcast. Are you seeing a lot of your students are already believers and already kids that are involved in church? You mentioned some of the church youth pastors are, are sending you people. Are you seeing that as they go through this process, maybe is there a faith element that just kind of comes out unintentionally or are you seeing a common denominator there? No, there is a faith element that comes out of the program unintentionally. I think all of our outcomes, making a positive contribution to your community, respecting human diversity, mm -hmm. um, of graduating success, all of that comes out just naturally. There are some, um, during the summer camp program, every day we read like a daily verse and mm. there are some scripture verses that are that are placed into that, mm. that gives our youth. So though we're not a faith-based organization ourselves, I see that a lot of times our kids are hanging on to a sense of faith somewhere and whether that faith is in themselves or in a higher power that sure. they believe in, or if they believe in God, um, they are trying to challenge themselves to know that they can get over anything. And I think that challenge ready part is the part that it helps you to know is faith unseen. Yeah. So them yeah. being challenge ready is faith unseen is saying mm. when the challenge comes my way, I'm going to be ready though. I don't even know what the challenge is or what the solution is. I'm going to be ready for it when it takes place. So I yeah. think that's the way we kind of show up. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I can tell it comes out. I mean, you may not even have to say much. It all, it all just kind of comes out in the way you guys operate and conduct yourselves. Hey, uh, so before I let you go, where can we, so tell us where to go to find the website and maybe, I don't know if somebody wants to get involved uh, or maybe even apply their child to the program and, and see what's out there. Yeah, definitely. So I would say go to www.c5texas.org. If you want to volunteer with us, and if you're down in the Houston area, listen, we go to a camp in Colleen. So we're uh, not that far away from you. You are definitely welcome to come and be a part of the work that we're doing. We do a lot of our stuff on the weekends. So if somebody wants to drive up or drive down and volunteer with us, they can. That's on our website as well. If you are interested in working for C5, listen, we would love to have you be a part of the work that we do at our organization. And then if you are one of those people that say, hey, I don't have time, I have a lot of talent, but I have more treasure, we also take your donations as well. So just ask you to go to our website yeah. at www.c5texas.org. Man, there you go. I mean, we have no excuse now. There's no, some way we can touch C5. There's some way we can do it. So, hey, Danny, I appreciate it. It's, it's been a pleasure to see you, get to know you, meet you, hear your heart, hear the vision, hear how you guys are actually doing something about some of the challenges that are out there and, and the title of this new, you know, new lens for next gen, you guys are actually providing that lens that creates hope. It empowers them and it allows them to kind of walk in the fullness of their gifts and who they're called exactly. to be. So with that, on behalf of my audience, thank you. She's been Danny Bethune. We've been last in line. Be blessed. <laughs>